ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Stormy Bonantoni joins us now. You see her. Uh, with on a number of different platforms at ESPN um, because she's got her fingers in the mix of a number of different things. One in particular that I'm into right now, and that's the XFL for all you NFL folks out there who are jonesing for some football. The XFL started last week and they're heading into week two. So Stormy, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Uh, you're a part of the broadcast team for ESPN and of course, uh, you're in Vegas, so you're going to be at the Las Vegas Vipers game as they're hosting the DC Defenders. Uh, before we start getting into week two, let's look back to week one. And, you know, it's interesting, as you know, I'm, I'm on Daily Wager and they asked me to put together a, um, a power ranking. <laughs> I was like, what? A power ranking for the XFL. So, so I, I'm, so my number one team was the Roughnecks. I, I'm curious, would, would you, would you agree to that? Do you feel that the best team in the XFL is the Roughnecks? Absolutely. At least based on week one, it's a small sample size, but that's all we really have to work with at this point. Um, but yeah, I think, well, Wade Phillips group put together a really solid performance week one the largest margin of victory on the weekend I mean three of the four games were decided by four points or less we had crazy second half comebacks these really exciting finishes but the Roughnecks really put it on Orlando so good on them they're the favorite now to win it all at this point which is so funny that like the odds were just so on the move after just one week of these teams seeing each other I talked to like a number of odds makers who all said that was exactly what was going to happen just because they know essentially what we know coming into this season was that if you're making your opinions based on the like head coaching pedigree and skill position players and quarterbacks, like that's how you're making these numbers and kind of going from there. But the roughneck roughneck certainly showed out um, week one. And there are a couple of teams that, actually lost their respective openers that I think are going to be better than people might think. So kind of exciting as we go on here. Oh, wow. Okay. So now I'm intrigued, which by the way, again, um, since Stormy agrees with me, the Roughnecks, uh, you can wager right now that they win the XFL championship at four to one. So their odds right now are at four to one. Wade Phillips is the head coach. Brandon Silver is their quarterback. Uh, went for 272 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but Wade's defense doing Wade defense stuff, four sacks, three interceptions. All right, so let's start. The first game is tomorrow night, Thursday night. Thursday night football's back, Stormy. Can you believe it? Um, so, <laughs> yes, let's go. Um, all right, let's go. So you've got the St. Louis Battlehawks going up against the Seattle Dragons. Um, you got the sea dragons, excuse me. Uh, the sea dragons are favored here. Minus three and a half. The over under is 36 and a half. Somewhat surprising consider considering they lost to the, to the DC defenders 22 to 18 in week one. Uh, what say you AJ McCarron, uh, is, uh, the quarterback for the St. Louis battle Hawks. Uh, what, what say you in this matchup? What side are you leaning here? Yeah, so, well, I like Seattle minus the two and a half a lot better this morning than I do the three and a half now. But Seattle's actually one of those teams that I was kind of alluding to that lost their opener that I think has a shot to be pretty good as the season goes on. Um, these two, the, the Seattle and St. Louis, both started their opening games like on complete opposite trajectories. Like Seattle scored on back-to-back opening drives, gets out to this 18-8 lead, turnovers changed the game, and things just fell apart. Meanwhile, Seattle did essentially nothing for 57 minutes of that game, Anita, before A.J. McCarron woke up to play hero. So, you know, he was able to make plays when he needed to, whereas Ben DiNucci for the Sea Dragons did not. 
But Seattle's coached by Jim Hazlitt, who's a former NFL coach of the year, offensive coordinator June Jones, known for the run and shoot, Ron Zook. Like, I think it's a very clear coaching advantage that Seattle has, and they'll get this team in shape. Hazlitt's also a very defensive-minded coach. They only allowed D.C. 177 total yards this past week. And Seattle had some offensive line injuries. So I think there could be an opportunity for that defense to have a good day and maybe get McCarron on the ground a little bit. He was already, I mean, he was sacked five times, I believe, week one. So I, I like Seattle here. I'm just not sure I like it over a field goal. So maybe a money line play, depending on the price, if you can shop around a little bit in this spot. I'm also very interested in what the environment's going to be like at Lumen Field on Thursday night. And I don't want... Like the XFL doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to like these schedule dates and times and everything like that ahead of time. But the Kraken are playing the Boston Bruins on Thursday. So I feel like they're going to have a split fan base for their first home game, which is a little bit unfortunate. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Josh Gordon, uh, wide receiver who unfortunately has uh, been battling some demons and just could not get back onto an NFL roster is one of the wide receivers for the sea dragons. Just FYI. Um, yeah, they did oh, lose. Anita, just, yeah. to, just to follow up on that. Um, he apparently like all of the coaches have raved about his work ethic coming in, really excited for him to have this opportunity. But I talked to Ben DiNucci about having Josh Gordon on his team. And he said, the first time that I talked to Josh, I just said, dude, you were on my fantasy team a couple years ago. What are you doing here? But <laughs> they're teaming up now to try to get back to the league, which is pretty cool. I love that. I love that. On Saturday uh, is your game. Again, the Vipers going up against the DC defenders. Um, you know, the DC defenders defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, mad, crazy respect, uh, in regard to the defenses that he oversaw while he was in the NFL. So we know they've got a great defense. The Vipers, Luis Perez, I was expecting more from him, um, because of how much experience that he does have, but nonetheless, the Vipers are favored by three, the over unders at 36 and a half. How, how would you play this one? Yeah, um, because you mentioned that defense, um, both defenses actually had a lot of success week one, and we sh- we're expecting rain and some cold weather here in Vegas. So you see that total at 36.5. Maybe it is a lower-scoring game. Um, I'm a little bit curious on what's going to happen at quarterback because you mentioned Perez not having you know, necessarily the productivity that we expected. He had three touchdowns, but he had a pair of pick sixes that cost Vegas Mm -hmm. the game. And it's, I mean, I I talk about their defense being so good. They didn't allow Arlington as an offensive score in that game. They lost by two, despite having a pair of pick sixes and a fumble. So I I think that they're better than, than people might expect. And I get why they're favored in this spot. And it's another one of those games where, like, Vegas lost week one. D.C. won their early game. But you see the Vipers favored at home in this one. Um, Jordan Ta'amu, the quarterback for D.C., did not have a good day. He was 8 of 19 for 86 yards and a pick. Then my former Miami quarterback, Derek King, rotates in. And he was really productive with his legs. So I'm curious to see if Reggie Barlow continues to play both guys or kind of how he elects to handle that offense. But I feel like the Vipers defense could cause them a a little bit of problems here. Um, I don't have, I mean, I'm obviously calling the game, so I don't have like a pick per se in it. I'm more just curious how things are going to play out, especially if it's, if it's, uh, if weather is causing issues in this one. I hear you. Uh, you mentioned the under, and that's kind of that's where I was flowing um, in this game. Uh, again, just because of the good defense and uh, and uh, somewhat of a subpar uh, performance from Lewis Perez. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm uh, that's kind of where I was I was leaning. Sunday is very interesting. So uh, so the first game is on Thursday night. We've got the DC game and the Vipers on Saturday. And then, of course, two games on Sunday. And to me, you've got the two worst teams in the the, the league playing against each other at 4 o'clock. And then, in my opinion, you have the two best teams in the league playing against each other at 7 o'clock. So let's start with San Antonio. Of course, Heinz Ward, head coach, going up against Orlando. Um, Orlando, Paxton Lynch was benched. Their offensive line is just horrible. Um, 
but but they are they are home and they are hosting. San Antonio is still favored by three. The over under is thirty eight and a half. Uh, what's what's your what's your thought process on on this matchup? How do you think this unfolds? Well, I do lean under in the game first and foremost. It's one of the higher totals. The Renegades and Roughnecks have the highest total at forty, but Brahma's Guardians thirty eight and a half. Heinz Ward and that Brahma squad coming off such a heartbreaker. I think they're going to have a bounce back here in Orlando. You mentioned Paxton Lynch getting pulled in the third quarter. They put in Quentin Dormady. The two of those quarterbacks, though, combined for three picks and took seven sacks. So not an ideal start for the offense in any way, shape, or form. Maybe we see DeAndre Francois this game. He could be in the mix. Something to look out for, for sure. Um, meanwhile, I think that the Brahma's offense did really do some good things and they did have a 15 to three lead in that game against St. Louis up until AJ McCarron did some heroics with a minute 30 left to play in the game. Um, we saw some solid quarterback play from Jack Cohn. Jaquez Patrick was pretty solid. Um, Kalen Ballage in the backfield. So everything for me is coming up Brahma's. I don't think the three is too big, but my, my favorite play in this game would be the under just because both offenses largely struggled week one and I think that's a trend that we are going to see continue here on Sunday afternoon another reason why Stormy I'm, I'm leaning towards the under is because we we did see uh, San Antonio really be a run heavy team right they mm-hmm. rushed for 133 yards against St. Louis so um you know I, I, I assuming that they're that that's going to be their offensive game plan and mentality obviously runs the football they eat up time of possession uh and then and then typically uh, you know you you have a better chance of the under hitting uh, that leads us to the game i think the game of week two and that's the renegades bob stoops in that great defense going up against the roughnecks wade phillips in that great defense uh, the uh the roughnecks are favored by four and a half uh the over-unders at four as you mentioned that's the highest total uh, on on the slate this week and and again I'm leaning towards the under here as well just because we're talking about two mm-hmm. really good defenses right yeah and it's interesting because week one we saw a lot of low totals three of the four games did go over and had games played in the 40s yet this week I'm looking at all of the totals and I'm like I want to bet unders again here we go <laughs> um, but yeah <laughs> this is a, a little in-state rivalry here Good defense on good defense, um, but Wade Phillips with the better one, right? And they obviously showed off in week one against the team that we largely believe is probably the worst team in the league at this point. They're 15 to 1 odds after one week of play to win it all for a reason. It was the largest margin of victory, like I mentioned earlier, of any other game in week one, and they got to the quarterback a ton. Now you face a Bob Stoops offense that's, I mean, let's say it was pretty conservative to start for them. And I I said earlier with the Vegas side of things that the Renegades did not score an offensive touchdown in that game. If you've got this type of a defense coming after you, it's going to be that much more challenging. Um, Drew Plitt was efficient. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they weren't productive. He was 19 to 25 for 192 yards passing, didn't turn the ball over. Um, But I think that they're going to be tested in a much more significant way from this Wade Phillips defense. And, you know, Houston was solid offensively. I could see I could see them covering this number and the total going under is kind of just the way that I lean here in our first in-state rivalry of the XFL season. Let's go. <laughs> You're fantastic. Um, this is, I mean, like, like, like we're sitting here, we're like, we're like, we're. We're we're so we're enthusiastic about week two of the XFL yeah. <laughs> season. I love it, um, Stormy. Obviously, you know your your specialty is is hockey. Um, so you know I I have to I have to get some futures picks from you before we let you go. Let's start let's start with the divisions uh, because the playoffs are going to be here before we know it, right? So let's look at the Pacific Division, right? Uh, the uh, the Golden Knights, they're favored to win at plus 180, the Kraken plus 275, the Oilers plus 275 as well. Uh, who do you have coming out of the Pacific? You know, um, the Kings have been more and more competitive. I could see them overtaking the top spot with the Golden Knights having uh, Ooh, a little bit of a five to one. schedule. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, The Golden Knights have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. Although, if you ask me, like, 
So I don't like the Western Conference in general, if I'm just going to be frank with you. I think my favorite futures bet that's available right now, it's a very juiced price, uh, minus 150, but just for an Eastern Conference team to win it all this year. Like, I have very little to no confidence in the Western Conference, but there, there are teams that I like. Like, I like Edmonton. I like the Golden Knights. I like the Dallas Stars coming out of the Central. Um, I was just going to ask you, but, that's, that's, that's probably my, that's probably my favorite bet in regard to like a division bet is the Dallas yeah. stars at plus one Oh five. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I think Jake Ottinger is tremendous in net there. It's interesting. Like you look at some of these teams in the West that like all they need is some help on the back end or some help in net. And like, that is what Dallas has, right? Like they have great defensive core and Jake Ottinger is one of the best goaltenders in the league. He's been even better um, as of late, despite releasing four, um, four straight losses for the stars at this point, but it's, they're not losing games because of him, you know, it's because he doesn't have any goal support, but um, I just, I, as I don't have any bets right now that I have coming out of the division, there are certainly teams that I'm looking at in conference, like um, like the Carolina Hurricanes coming out of the Eastern Conference. I have a future on them from the preseason, but that's something that I would certainly buy back in on now, four to one. Um, the Bruins, it's it's hard to bet on them because they've been so so good. Funny story, actually, I was looking to fade the Bruins early on in the season because of their injuries. Like, they were going to be coming into the year, no Charlie McAvoy, Brad Marchand, Matt Grizzlick, and I was hoping that the odds would get longer to buy in on them. And then the first handful of games of the year, they're just scoring like crazy, and I'm immediately like, nope, I just need to get in on this now. So I I like that I have a good in-pocket 20-to-1 play, at least, on the Bruins um, to come out of this thing, but how often have we seen that the team that has the best regular season wins the president's trophy doesn't ultimately do anything come the postseason. It's like since 2012, 13, that the president's trophy winner has won it all. And then, and I mean, the Bruins faced that in 2019, 20, they won the president's trophy had the best regular season in the league. And then they get knocked out in the second round, but I love the Bruins. I love the Canes. Carolina is so hot right now. 13, one and one their last 15 games doesn't matter who's in net for them, if it's Frederick Anderson, if it's Auntie Ranta, they're just handling business. Gritty bunch of guys that can beat you in a number of ways with a gritty head coach in Rod Brindamore. That PK has been a staple of their a staple of their success for the past couple of years. And they've got goal scorers too. Like they can win in waves. So um as far as futures go, those are things I love. I'm looking so much more to the East though than I am in the West. Yeah, you're all over the hurricanes. I love it. Stormy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really do appreciate your time, my friend. In- enjoy week two of the XFL season. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a blast. Have a great night. You got it. Stormy joining us uh, in this hour. We'll hear from Dallin Cuff as well with some NCAA futures bets and Andre Snellings uh, with some NBA futures bets as well before NBA action picks up again in just, what, uh 24, 48 hours. Uh, so still a lot more coming your way this hour. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Um, we've got Tyler and Brian who are producing the show. Um, gentlemen, did you guys, either of you, did you watch any of the XFL last week? Did you watch? Admittedly, I did not. I did not okay, either. No, m- listen, their ratings speak for themselves. Not a lot of people did. But I would, I would, should I say guarantee that the majority of people who did watch were people who had money on them? Like me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that's what happens, right? Yeah, I feel like it's definitely a good way to get yourself involved, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, uh, if you're, let's be honest, let's, let's, let's compare it to the NFL. Unless, of course, you are a fan of Houston and... Uh, the Bears. Like, are are you gonna are you gonna watch that game? 
Yeah, unless no, you I'm got not, money on it. I'm not watching that game. Right? You're not watching unless like you've got, I don't know, Some fantasy um, $100. Fantasy or money, yeah. Or, you know, literally that, nothing that, else going on. That Justin Fields is going to run oh, yeah. for over, I don't know, 48 and a half yards. Right? And just then have like watching. an MVP caliber season, maybe. There you go. Yeah, unless it was like a Thursday night game or a Sunday night game or Monday. We but just we we just went we just went full circle. Uh, in in what Tyler was referring to is uh, there's uh, there's a report out there from the sports books that are saying that more money has been placed on Justin Fields winning the MVP this season than any other quarterback in the NFL. Um, Thirty to one. Obviously, that's that's a big reason, right? You you get those good odds. Uh, Tyler said that he would lay he would lay that down. He would he I would, would go to he would go to the window. Yeah, and <laughs> just send me your money, dude. Stop! Don't waste it. It's... I'll send you the difference in my winnings. How does that sound? Mm. You know, I, listen. Thrilled for Justin Fields in the season that he did have this year, right? Like. Uh, especially in in fantasy, right? But still below 70% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, um, and is is not is not really a, a great passer of the football. I, I know you could sit and you could say, well, he had a horrible offensive line and he didn't have a lot of weapons uh, that that were at his disposal. All fair, all fair. Also, not a great fourth quarter quarterback. Um, I, I felt like I felt like the Bears were one of those teams that started strong and then ended weak. Which is you surprising know, because they didn't they trade for Claypool halfway through the season. Like, wouldn't you think as a Bears fan, all right, we got Claypool, we're going to be better, and somehow they managed to be worse. Um. Yeah, I. I just. Here, here's and, and and I don't I don't know like you know I don't I don't have my finger on the pulse of the of the of the uh, the Chicago Bears like I do other teams, um, but here's here's another thing why I I just I the the talk right now is because the Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick there's a chance that they might trade Justin Fields, the general manager pool who's there now is not the general manager who drafted Justin Fields, which, by the way, I want to say they, they traded up for him. I want to say they traded up nine spots to get him or something like that. Um, so so there's that. So there's no, like, you know, a lot of times general managers, they're like, this is my guy. I drafted him. I'm, I'm sticking by him. Like, this is my, right? That's not the case there. Also, in two years, he is up and he is due for at least having the discussion and potentially working out a new deal for, with with him and for him. So, you know, if you're if you're a new general manager and you're a new head coach, you know, do you want to go out and bring in your guy? You know, do you want to go out and, and bring in a new quarterback that is your guy that's going to grow with you and now you're getting an extra three years of that deal? A lot of a lot of general managers feel that that's the secret sauce to winning a Super Bowl is winning a Super Bowl with a quarterback who's still on his rookie deal. Um, but of course you've got the Cleveland Browns, whose salary cap hit is fifty five million dollars with Deshaun Watson. What did Deshaun Watson do last year? Nothing. Well, he did a lot, uh, but it wasn't football related. Well, that's a whole nother story. Listen, can you make an argument that that Deshaun Watson is a top five, top seven quarterback in top 10 quarterback in the NFL? No, and I can run an NFL team. I think I think you can make an argument that he is. I think you can make an argument. Yeah, I do. Top five, you you think? I think you can. I think you can. Really? Top five for Deshaun Watson? Okay, I'll listen. I, I think I'm saying I'm saying I think somebody can make an argument I mean, why else would Cleveland pay him that kind of money? Cleveland loves wasting their money. <laughs> That's true. Cleveland's probably betting on Justin Fields to win the MVP next season. 
$55 million a year cap hit for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. I don't, I just don't. So anyway, my whole point is, why are you going to waste your money putting down 30 to 1? I, I understand why. 30 to 1 that he's going to win the MVP. Like how good, first of all, for a, for a player to win the MVP, team has to be good. That's another thing. So, so there, so now there's two negatives here. How good do you think this bears team is going to be? I, I don't, I don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, number two, um, are you really putting money down on a guy that, that the, the topic of conversation is whether or not he should be traded or not? <laughs> I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, uh, there is that. Uh, and there is XFL football to be played tomorrow night. Nine o'clock is kickoff. Uh, the battle Hawks going up against the sea dragons. Um, stormy was just on with me. She's going to be, uh, at the game on the sideline for the DC defenders and the Las Vegas Vipers. But for tomorrow, uh, she's leaning towards the sea dragons and she's going to lay the three, three and a half. If you get it at three, obviously that's what you want to do. Uh, I will do the same. Uh, in regard to the DC defenders and the Vipers, her and I are both on the under there, under 36 and a half. Uh, on Sunday, as I was talking to Stormy, you've got two of the worst teams in the XFL facing off against each other around four o'clock and two of the best teams uh, in the XFL facing off against each other at seven o'clock. So San Antonio head coach is Heinz Ward, very committed to running the football uh, rush for 133 total yards against St. Louis the previous week. Um, I like the under in that game as well at 38 and a half. And last but not least, the Renegades going up against the Roughnecks. And both these Bob Stoops, great defense with the Renegades. Wade Phillips, great defense with the Roughnecks. And the over-under total is at 40. So I like the under there. So a lot of unders, not typically how I, 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 I flow, but nonetheless isn't the xfl um, supposed to be higher scoring like isn't the field smaller well it's it's i don't i don't know exactly what the field dimensions are um i know they're different but i I think you know they they just they change the rules so that you have more opportunity to score more an opportunity to score more points faster Right, and there's some like yes. there's some crazy rule. I was listening. There was some crazy mm-hmm. rule where you can get a three point play. Yes, you can get a three point play. after a touchdown. It happened. It it happened with the in, in the Battle Hawks game with AJ McCarron. You and maybe, you maybe, it, maybe 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 you watch. Maybe you watch. Well, hold on a second. Don't Tyler, you? So wait. Maybe you watch. It's like going for two, but you do it from the ten yard line. Do I understand that the, the correct way? Yes, you can you can push the ball further back and so you can you can decide to go for one, two, or three. What if I want to go from my opponent's twenty? How many points does that get me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's even an option, you silly man. Oh, they're going for a fourteen um, point play. <laughs> um Let's uh, let's get you up to speed on uh, you know not not a lot of action tonight in and around our wide wide world of sports. Some college basketball. Kentucky did take care of Florida. If you had Kentucky minus two and a half, you won. Uh, Providence did not cover against UConn. Unfortunately, I had Providence plus seven and a half. They did not cover. I also had the under that didn't cover either. Uh, in in looking at uh, at some of the NHL games, there were three on the slate tonight. Uh, the Islanders took care of the Jets 2-1. I lost here as well. Why are you even listening to this show? Um, I lost here as well. The, the Coyotes uh, on the uh, on the puck line, and uh, and they couldn't even they couldn't even cover with that. The Flames won 6-3 against the Coyotes. The Flames are a hot mess. How are they beating the Coyotes? And the Coyotes were on their home ice. What is wrong? What are all, like, so much is wrong with the state of the NHL. And then last but not least, the Blackhawks, four goals against the Dallas Stars. I uh, was just talking with Stormy about how her and I do like the Stars. We like them to win that division. But unfortunately, they drop one to uh, to the Blackhawks tonight. Did you see the end of so that game, lost four, Anita? 4-3. No, I was, I was actually, I was hosting a Sports Talk Radio show. Oh. Either, so no, I oh. didn't. Yikes. Um, so anyway, it came down to like, <laughs> it came down to mm-hmm. like the last like five seconds. It was wild. It was very close. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, but you should definitely go watch the end of the game. Okay. All right. 
well, as soon as I get done with this show, maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll, you know, yeah, you know, I'll, since you have so I much time, in, means, right. I'll put on, I'll put on some sports and da 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 da, and I'll watch, nice and plug. I'll watch, of course, the uh, the highlights. Uh, anyway, all right, quick break. When we get back, uh, Dallin Cuff is going to join us on the show again, getting you ready for March Madness. Selection Sunday will be here before we before we know it. Gosh, I can't wait. I love March Madness. It's my second favorite sporting event on the calendar. Dallin Cuff next here on 710 ESPN Radio. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Dallin Cuff joined me earlier this afternoon on Bet, the digital show, of course, getting you ready, getting me ready for March Madness. Selection Sunday will be here before we know it. So, of course, uh, my first question is Dallin, Dallin Cuff was all about short odds to reach the NCAA Final Four, Houston plus 140, Alabama plus 180, Kansas plus 240, Purdue plus 240. Could those be your final four teams? Let's listen in. Uh, just to touch on some of them, Anita, I like Houston to do it. Alabama with Brandon Miller's situation, you can't bet that right now. That's a much seri- more serious situation, but I would not bet that because you don't know what's going to happen there with one of the best players in college basketball. I do love Kansas getting to the Final Four. I, that's been, I mean, this last week they've just showed so much metal and so much toughness and so much progress. Obviously that Baylor game going down 17, winning by double digits the other way at home against a Baylor team at that time and won 10 of 11 and a Baylor team that could also get themselves to a Final Four. Uh, then they, they follow that up with another impressive win uh, during the week on Monday night. So this is, this is a team that has all the pieces. Jalen Wilson's an absolute star. If not for Zach Eady, he's the National Player of the Year. But Dewan Harris, a lead guard from last year's team that won a championship along with Wilson, knows what that's about. He's playing better, playing aggressive. When he's playing downhill and he's being confident, looking to score, they're much better. He's already one of the best defending guards in the country. Kevin McCullough, two-way guy. When he's being aggressive, they're better. Grady Dick, when he's looking for a shot. When Wilson has help and he's got these other guys now playing in their roles and K.J. Adams is a stretch four man, can't shoot it, but really causes some problems in spacing the floor for other teams. What Bill Self has done with this group is really, really good. They've progressed throughout the course of the year. They have the medal. They have the toughness. And they have still have a good price. So I like KU. Yeah, I'm with you, and, and and that now has dropped to plus 220. So as I like to say, run, don't walk. This might drop even, even further because they've really been heating up as of late. Impressive well, Anita, against last, Baylor, yeah, last I had week Baylor. it was plus 350. Last week it was plus 350 at some point. Yeah. So, I mean, those two games, I know, it's, it's been a lot changed. It's fallen. It's fallen. So, like I said, run, don't walk, get to the window. I had Baylor, right? They looked great. I mean, learn your lesson. Burn me one. Shame on me. You know how the remainder of, of, of the phrase goes. Uh, but I did have them against TCU. They've got number one strength of schedule in, in college basketball. Uh, they still have Texas, Virginia Tech, Texas Tech. I think it's going to be a good game. But again, I'm with you. I do like Kansas. Let's look at some of the long shots out there uh, to reach the Final Four. You know, dare I call them Cinderella stories if they do reach the, the, the Final Four? What are some of the long shots you're eyeing right now, Dallin? I'm still got the fool me once line in my head. All I ever hear was George Bush when I hear that. W, hey, you can't get fooled again. That's, that's all I can hear right now. But I'm going to try to get that out of my head and talk about long shots. Uh, Miami, this team is better than the team once elite lead eight last year. It's got some of the key pieces, same pieces Isaiah Wong is their all-league player, but they got dudes, man. And that's what I'm looking for in this NCAA tournament. I want guys that can score the ball, teams that can score from multiple plays, from multiple players, and get out in transitioning and play in modern basketball parlance of our times, hit threes, make layups, get to the free throw line, and they can defend. When Miami really is committed defensively, they're very good. So they're plus 1,000 to get to the Final Four, and I can see them doing it with the right matchups. Because right now in the ACC, they can outscore teams. They need to be able to turn on defensively, and I'd like to see them play better like that consistently down the stretch to show me they can do it against some of the best teams in the country. If you want to get a little crazy, as I said, I like guards and want teams that can score. NC State is 35-1. to 1. Uh, There's other teams that make more sense. Creighton is plus 650. I like them. I like Texas a lot. We already talked about Alabama's situation. But NC State, I'm, I, if you just want something wild, because Turquavion Smith's going to be a top 20 pick in the NBA draft. Jar- Jarkel Joyner is an absolute bucket getter. DJ Burns, a big on the interior. They can play through, and they play through in one games. They're getting healthy. Jack Clark just came back, a stretch four. Casey Morsell's shooting over 40%. Kevin Keats' team is hungry. He's a very good coach. 
I like NC State to potentially do something wild, and they could do it with the right matchups. And at that crazy price, there's your long shot. Um, that is going pretty. That's that's pretty crazy, Dallin. Well, I, 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 you wanted long. You wanted long. I gave you long. No, I lo I love it. I love it. I love it. I didn't go that long with my long shots. I'm looking at some of the teams in the Big East that I have really enjoyed mm -hmm. watching. You you mentioned Creighton, right? At at plus eight fifty. Uh, Marquette at seven to one. I'm also eyeing Gonzaga, right? The experience there at seven to one. I, these are teams, obviously, as you know better than I, don't have a lot of great defense. But offense is what really wins it, right? Uh, and when when it, when it comes to March Madness, and offensively, these are teams that could put up a lot of points. So my long shots—that's what I'm looking at. Uh, let's look at some of the slate. Let's look at, on, on the slate tonight. Let's give the folks some winners as well. And this was my best bet. Curious if we're on the same side here. I like Kentucky. Oh, minus no. two and a half going up against Florida. Florida, they lose their center, right? Castleton. And, and, and you'll go back and you look at the game that he played against Art, that they played against Arkansas without him. Arkansas scored 52 points in the paint and they were out rebounded. Florida was out rebounded 40 to 25. So I just, I, I think without that center, Dallin, I think they're going to have a tough time tonight against Kentucky. I'll lay the two and a half. What say you? Well, I've had a best beat, best bet. You know, it's been a rough run for me on best bets. I've had a pick to a lot of other winners, but best bet's been bad. So as soon as me and you are on the same one, me and Fortinball were on the same one the last two nights, I'm a little concerned, but I'm sticking with it. It's already, I've already placed the wager on Kentucky. Folks, just so you understand, if I'm saying bet it, my money's on it too. As much as we're good on that here. So Kentucky minus two and a half is a play, and you mentioned Colin Castleton. That really, it's really a play against Florida versus it is a, a vote of confidence in Kentucky. I, I go back to the first game these two teams played. Castleton had 25 points and I think 14 rebounds. Owned Oscar Shibwe, who was 2 of 14, and really struggled in that game. So I, I think without him, they've been completely different. That said, Kentucky went on the road, beat Mississippi State with a big, that's a quad one game win. They won at home against Tennessee, quad one win, and they did that without C.J. Frederick, without Seville Wheeler, just like those guys would not be in the lineup tonight. Frederick hurts them ability to, pay, to space the floor and make shots. I think they're just better without Severe Wheeler. Whenever he's not on the floor, in case of Wallace has the ball in his hands more, they're just better. Wallace is the one surefire pro on that roster, and when he's got the ball in his hands, they are flat out better. So I'll lay the short number at a Florida team that's, that's down and out and not going to make the tourney. Yeah, I like Wallace. 17 assists his last two games against Tennessee and Mississippi State. Yep. So Cat uh, is really, really good. Dallin, thank you so much. Have a great night, my friend. Later. Again, I want to thank Dallin Cuff uh, for joining me on Bet and, and, and of course, uh, playing that clip for you as well. Uh, like I said, March Madness Selection Sunday is going to be here before we know it. I just, I love, love this Kansas team, right? I mean, they are heating up, and we hear it time and time again. You know, teams that are just getting right at the right time as they're getting, we're getting closer, of course, to the big dance in March Madness. And, and this Kansas team is heating up. Impressive. Um their win against Baylor, they beat TCU. They still have Texas, West Virginia, and Texas Tech coming up. But they are number one in regard to strength of schedule. And get this, all of their losses this season have been against top 25 ranked teams at the time. So what does that tell you? They, they, they do not just play to the level of their opponents, right? And the games that they have lost have been against excellent teams, uh, in in college basketball, so I'm really I'm really big on Kansas. Could they be the the team that for the first time since 2006 2007 we haven't seen in a while since University of Florida win back to back seasons? Um, how exciting would that be? So again, I want to thank Dallin Cuff for joining us. Uh, quick break. We come back. Andre Snellings is going to join us. We'll continue to talk about the hardwood, but in the NBA giving us some picks and some plays back in action tomorrow as well as Friday. So uh, my good friend, Dre Snellings, joins us next here on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Andre Snellings joins us now, one of my partners in crime at uh, at on Daily Wager and Bet. Uh, the NBA getting back in action tomorrow. 
So uh, a great time to look at some of the games that will be played on Thursday as well as Friday and, of course, some future bets out there. Dre, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How are you doing this uh, fine night? <laughs> I'm great. I'm making it happen. I'm making the magic work here on uh, on 710 ESPN LA. All right, since we are on in LA, let's talk about the Lakers. Uh, they are favored minus five and a half against the Golden State Warriors. Not sure when Steph Curry is going to be back. Um, I know you have some player props as well that you like in, in this matchup. I love what the Lakers have done uh, as they got closer to the trade deadline. And I love what we heard from LeBron James saying that the next 23 games are possibly the most important 23 games of his entire career. So just out of curiosity, Dre, how are you playing this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Lakers. I'll, I'll give the five and a half points. As you pointed out, Steph is still out. He's not even supposed to be reevaluated for about a week. Um, the Warriors have had road bows all season long. And the Lakers, like you said, everything is moving in the right direction for them, at least as of right now. Um, Anthony Davis and LeBron are both barely healthy. Uh, they've got all their new pieces. They've had some time to get a little bit more integrated because they've had this week off. And, you know, it just feels like everything is clicking for them right now. So at home, I expect them to win uh, fairly convincingly. What are the uh, some of the prop bets that you like in this matchup? Yeah, so coming off the break, um, I like both Clay Thompson and Anthony Davis uh, their point prop is at 24.5 points, and I like both of them to go over. Um, with Clay, when he's fresh, he's been automatic of, uh, over the last like couple of months. Over his last 19 games, he's averaging almost 26 points per game, and a lot of those games are more like 31, 33, 35 points. Um, he's had a handful of, of like low double-digit scoring efforts, but most of those were – like either if he if he did play both ends of a back-to-back or in the midst of a really busy run. But he's coming off of a week off, so he should be fresh and he should put some points on the board. And Anthony Davis, kind of similar. This season when he's been fresh and healthy, he's been averaging more like 31 points per game, 32 points per game um, for, for the Lakers. I feel like when LeBron was about to pass Kareem's record and during like the trade deadline turmoil, he kind of got off. He had four games where he only averaged about 17 points per game. But in the games immediately before and immediately after that, he's been himself and had at least 28 points in, in uh, each of those games. So I look for him to bounce back and, and, and get a strong start after the All-Star break. So you're saying Lakers minus 5.5 over the Warriors, Clay over 24.5 points, Anthony Davis over 24.5 points as well. Another team all eyes on, obviously, are the 76ers. Uh, they're favored by four, going up against the Memphis Grizzlies. The over-under is 229.5. How are you playing this one? Yeah, um, I'm going to take the 76ers, and I will give the points because, for one, the two teams – uh, entered the break kind of going a little bit in the opposite direction. The 76ers, I felt like the derivative has been up for them for the last couple of months. As they started getting healthier, they've, in my opinion, really been on the level of the best teams in the NBA. Whereas the Grizzlies, they got up to the top seed in the West for a while, but they've been fading a little bit. And part of the reason that they faded, in my opinion, was that um, Steven Adams, their center, got hurt. Um, he's kind of an unsung guy, but he's their glue guy in the middle. He plays defense. He grabs boards. He does all the dirty work. And so with him out, it seems like they struggled a little bit. They lost a little bit of toughness. They still got, you know, John Morant, obviously, and, and you know, they've still got all of their guys producing on offense, but their defense has slid. So um, I think that, that Joel Embiid takes advantage of Adams being out and, and has his way in the middle. So not only do I think that the 76ers are, are going to win by four, but that dovetails into my, my, my prop pick. I have uh, Embiid um, over 32.5 points because, you know, that's kind of an average night for him is about 32.5 points. And I think uh, missing their center, missing that girth in the middle, um, Embiid will be able to go over that uh, uh, tomorrow against the grid. You've got another one you like with Desmond Bain, right? Yeah, yeah. Desmond Bain is he's – been he's one of those guys that's one of my favorite picks on a given night because his baseline level, um, especially when, when he's locked in, is probably closer to 24 or 25 points per game. 
but uh, he had a, a, a long injury absence. And then when he came back there, you know, he had to work himself into the rotation. And, and, and I, I feel like he often gets overlooked because he's not the biggest name on the team. People think of John Morant. But Desmond Bain is one of the purest scorers. And, again, he's a three-point shooter, so his legs have to be healthy, kind of like what I was just talking about with Clay Thompson. Coming off the All-Star uh, week off, he, he should be uh, fresh, locked, and loaded. So I'm expecting him to, to knock down a lot of threes and go over that 20-and-a-half-point mark. All right, Dre, let's look forward to Friday, a team that uh, – another team that I like – uh, what they did at the trade deadline as well, and that's the Knicks uh, going up against the Washington Wizards. They're in Washington, and they're getting two and a half. The over-under has not come out yet, but do you have a play in this matchup? I do. I'm I'm going to go ahead and take the Knicks with the points. Um, I think that that they, for whatever reason, have flown a little bit under the radar. They've been a really solid team all season, and as Jalen Brunson has picked it up over the last couple months, they've stepped up into that level just beneath the elite in the East. Um, and so if the, I think if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. They would not be in the play-in. And I think that, that the Wizards, you know, they're at home so they can be tough, but I think the Knicks are the better team and they're getting the points. And uh, according to um, ESPN's BPI uh, game predictor, they're actually predicting the Knicks to win outright. They have uh, them favored by about a point and a half. So if if you can give me that scenario and and my team is getting some points, then um, I'll go ahead and take that. And, um, you know, as far as player props in that game, uh, again, I mentioned Jalen Brunson. His his line is set at 26 and a half points. I'm taking the over because Brunson – over the last couple months, but, you know, say just going into the break, was more like a 33-point-per-game player than, you know, than, than a, a, a mid-20s. Like, he's, he's, he's really stepped up in a way. I, I expected him to have a, a great season with the Knicks. You know, all of my preseason articles talked about how Brunson was, was a sleeper this year. But even I wouldn't have thought that he could be – legitimately penciled in for 30 points on a given night. And I think that's the level that he's at right now. So 26 and a half, I think is too low. I'm, I'm taking the over with Brunson. Yeah. It's interesting. As you know, I host sports talk radio here in New York. And when the, when, when the, when the deal uh, was uh, announced, I've received so many calls from so many Knicks fans saying we're overpaying. Why are we paying him this much money? This is ridiculous. And uh, now they're they're definitely dancing to the beat of a different drum because Jalen Brunson has been all the difference, uh, even to the point where you even like to possibly wager in the futures market with him being the most improved player in the NBA, right? I do um, because so I was I just wrote my my monthly uh, awards. A race update for the NBA uh, article it is going to run tomorrow, so this is kind of a sneak preview. But, um, you know, when I looked at the most improved player award race, it's really a three-man race right now. Um, Larry Mark- Markinen is still the favorite at plus 115. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is right there with him in a dead heat at plus 125. And then Jalen Brunson is third at plus 275. And then you have to, you know, Michael Bridges is, is fourth at plus 4,000. So it's, it's really a three-man race. And of the three, um, I feel like Brunson is set up to have the big finish that would, you know, really stick with the voters. Because both Markinen and, and uh, Gilgis Alexander are on Jazz and, and um, Thunder squads that are right on the cusp of the play-in. I think one of them is 10th and one of them is 11th in the West. But – both of those teams I could easily see sliding out of the uh, the top ten because there's teams like the Lakers, who we just talked about, that I think are going to end up moving into those slots. And so, um, and, and, you know, the Jazz were sellers at the trade deadline. So I think both of those teams, they both have a lot of draft picks in this coming draft, and this was supposed to be a rebuilding season for them. So I think they've had successful seasons even without the playoffs. For the Knicks, yeah, they're trying to make the playoffs. They're in the playoffs race in the East as it stands right now. And Brunson, as I said, he's been averaging about 30 points per game since the new year started. So 
I, I just see him, his individual trajectory is on the rise. He plays for a big market team and a big market team that's going to be trying to get in the postseason. I just think that he's the one that's going to grab the eye and uh, get the vote for most improved player. I hear you. I'm going to go one step further. I like the Knicks over 43 and a half wins on the season. And you could get that at minus 135 right now. Uh, Brunson, finally the Knicks having a true point guard. And you're just talking about just like, you know, his game has just exploded. 52% uh, from the field, 46% from behind the arc. And I love the addition of Josh Hart, not only on the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball. I know it was a small sample size. He only played two games before the All-Star break, but averaged 17 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists. They're going to get Mitch Robinson back in about two weeks. Um, I, I just, 22 games remaining, pretty much, I don't want to say a soft schedule, but nothing too daunting. So I, I like I like over 43 and a half wins for the Knicks. So you and I are both uh, on that. And, and I'm with you. I do believe the Knicks make it in as, as a top six uh, to make it into the postseason. So I'm, I'm excited to see the remainder of the season for the Knicks. I'm with you in regards to the Lakers as well. So uh, good stuff, Dre. Always great having you on, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. You got it. Andre Snelling's joining us here on 710 ESPN Bet LA. I want to thank all our guests tonight. Andre, of course, Dallin Cuff, uh, Stormy, Keith Stewart, giving us that uh, that golf, that Honda Classic preview, uh, which tees off tomorrow pretty early in the morning. Jordan Renan uh, and myself and, and Doug Kazarian talking about some of the hot storylines out there pertaining to the NFL um, a lot of NCA talk. So I really, I, we've, we've covered all the bases and typically this is what we'd like to do, especially no longer the NFL, but there's still a lot of storylines out there. There's still a lot of great sporting events that you could gamble on. And so we're trying to get you in the know with, with all of them. And of course, you know, Marley Rivera joining us, um, looking, looking ahead, of course, to the major league baseball season, uh, is spring training camps, players already arriving. So a lot going on. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show tonight. Tyler, our producer, great job as always. Everybody have a fantastic uh, rest of the week and uh, we'll be back next week for you as well. This is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.